forget. Never forget. Open up with me today to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. Today is the day of Pentecost. We're going to talk about Pentecost, and I'm going to try to lay a foundation uh, leading up to, to Pentecost. Don't know how far we're going to be able to get, but we'll get what we can as far as we can today. I was over in Africa. We did five conferences and uh, super hot. And on the last conference, my voice started, started going. We had two days left. And I spoke that morning, and my voice was, it was really getting weak. I was really getting concerned. I said, Brother Kenny, he said, man, he said, I pray your voice comes back tomorrow because I, I don't want to tote this whole load tomorrow on myself. And uh, I said, well, brother, let's, let's just pray and trust God. And came back the next day, my voice was completely back, strong. I did my part that day, and he did his part. Uh, <clears throat> uh, again, my voice is a little weak this morning, but the Lord will give me the strength to get, it, get, get through it. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. <coughs> Pentecost. First of all, the word Pentecost means 50. You need to understand that uh, I, I want to, I, I may on Wednesday night lay out, lay out how we get to, get to Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost was designed by God. It was an on-time thing. It, it exactly 50 days after the resurrection. Exactly 50 days. Seven <coughs> sevens. The, the, the Pentecost falls the next day. It's a one-day celebration of Pentecost. People from Palestine came from all over to come celebrate the feast of Pentecost. And the feast of uh, Passover, Passover is when Jesus died. The Passover lamb was, was uh, sacrificed. And that, that feast was about uh, the, the beginning of the wheat season, the planting time, time when you plant. And Pentecost, is you may say the, the feast where you celebrate the the uh, first fruit of the the wheat harvest is when Pentecost is. So Passover is the beginning of sowing the seed for the wheat, and <coughs> Pentecost is the beginning to reap the harvest of the wheat harvest, and. When you look at it that way, you understand that God had a purpose. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it if it is sown in the ground, it will bring forth much fruit. The, Jesus was the seed that had to be sown. It had to be sown into the ground. That was the beginning. That was at Passover. Fifty days later, the church was born. The church was born. We are the first fruits. Hallelujah, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
Hallelujah. That all the people had gathered together in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit came in as a mighty rushing wind. As of a mighty rushing wind. And cloven tongues of fire set upon each of their heads. All 120 or so, the Bible says. Not 120, but 120 or so. And the cloven tongues of fire sat on, it didn't skip nobody. Nobody was skipped. Everybody was in one mind and one accord to do one thing. They had one thing on their agenda. Hallelujah. They were all waiting on the promise of the Father. That's all they knew. The promise of the Father? Can you tell us any more detail? That's it. The promise of the Father. Jesus said, go wait. So before I get ahead of myself, I want to lay the foundation leading up <coughs> to Acts chapter 2. Amen. We ain't going to go straight to Acts chapter 2. We're going to go back. And that starts in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Are you there? Amen. 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 Let me make this announcement before I get started today. Oh, <clears throat> I better make it later. Uh... Acts chapter, I mean, Joel 2.28 talks about God's Spirit being poured out. Now, this is a prophecy. Before it ever happened, the prophet Joel prophesied by the Holy Spirit, and it shall come to pass afterward <coughs> that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters <clears throat> shall prophesy. For those that don't like lady speakers and lady preachers, the Bible said sons and daughters. Amen. 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 I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Your sons and your daughters. I'm glad the Lord didn't leave nobody out. That's right. Amen. And he did say sons and daughters. He didn't say nothing in between. Did y'all know what I mean? <laughs> Adam and Eve. Yes. Not Adam and Steve. Amen. Amen. That'll get me kicked off of YouTube right there. Good. Your old men. Thank God. God just don't bless the young generation. Yes. And if you old, you ain't left out yet. That's right. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants, <clears throat> on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Amen. Praise the Lord. It shall come to pass. I think one translation said in the last days. I like that better. I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Y'all. When the prophet said, when the Spirit is poured out, that is the beginning of the last days. Amen. Okay? So, we know it was poured out in Acts chapter 2. We're going to get there. But I want you to know, in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit was poured out, that was the beginning of the last days. That was 2,000 years ago. That's right. If the beginning of the last days was 2,000 years ago, we living in the last seconds of the last days today. Amen. 
Amen. I'll tell you what, Jesus is close to coming. Amen. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The Spirit's already been poured out, already been done on all flesh, which means it wasn't just done for the Jewish people. It wasn't done for just one nation, one particular group, one particular uh, nation. It was poured out on everybody, the whole flesh, the whole, everybody that got flesh. Africa, Asia, Russia, China, Vietnam, whatever continent you live on, Jesus said, if you want it, my Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. All you got to do is desire it. And if you want it, hallelujah, you can have it. Amen. So it's already been poured out. There is no more tarrying. That's right. The old church years ago used to say, we got to tarry, 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 we got to tarry. Now after it was poured out, it was poured out. The vial was poured. That's right. Amen. The spirit was poured out. Amen. Ain't no more waiting. It's already been done. That's right. It ain't no waiting now. It's time to receive. Amen. Amen. It's time to get under the spout where the glory getting poured out. Amen. Amen. Some people say, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. No, God ain't waiting. You ain't waiting on God. God's already poured that out. That's right. You got to get under the spout. Amen. Hallelujah. Go get under it. Stay under it. It's available. It's available. And I know some, some of us, we, we, we ain't got it yet. We're going to get it. Amen. If you want it, stick with it. Amen. I want everything the Bible says I can have. Amen. Everything Amen. the Word says I can have, I want it. Here's the thing about it. I'm just going to speak from my heart. Uh, anything the early church had, they needed it. They still had spiritual warfare going on. They still had persecution. They still had enemies <coughs> of the gospel. They had people that were beating, tormenting them, throwing them in jail, sawing them in two, hanging them, burning them <coughs> in fire, boiling them in hot boiling water, all kinds of things. They needed the Holy Ghost power to survive, to be witnesses unto Jesus. They had to have it. And if they had to have it, we need it too. Amen. The devil ain't dead yet. He ain't in the graveyard yet. He's still roaming to and fro according to 1 Peter 5 8, seeking whom he may devour. If they needed the Holy Ghost to accomplish getting the gospel to the world, we're going to need the same Holy Ghost, same power, not none less, same Holy Ghost power. Amen. I want it. I want more of it. Amen. Thank God that not only can you get it, you can get more of it. That's right. So Joel prophesied it. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, it was fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Now, let's walk on over a little bit more. I just, in my study this morning, I, I just started, last two days, I couldn't even think about studying. I didn't feel like it. So this morning, I help me put this together, Lord. Mm -hmm. So let's go to Luke chapter 11. We're just going to lay a foundation this morning. I want you to see from the scriptures how all this came about. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. The Word is alive and powerful. Amen. Always honor His Word in this church, y'all. Yes. 
Don't ever lay your Bible on the floor. If you see a Bible on the floor, you pick it up. It don't need to be on the floor. This book, if you go home, don't you just throw your Bible down and treat it like it's a fictional book or it don't matter. You come home and you just, I'm going to throw my Bible over on the couch and it just flops around and the pages get all bent up and you don't pick it up the next Sunday and all the pages have been up and it looks like it's been mistreated. You have mistreated and dishonored God's Word. You can't have what you don't honor. When you come to church and we're reading through the Bible, and if you want to look at your phone and do uh, shopping on, on uh, Amazon, and while the Word of God is being preached, listen, uh, you dishonoring the Word. And when you dishonor the Word, you can't have what the Word has for you. If you need to be healed and you shopping, your prayers ain't going nowhere because you have dishonored the Word of God. When people dishonored Jesus, the Word of God, when he walked through his hometown, he, the Bible said he could hardly do nothing there because they dishonored him. Very important, always honor the Word of God. Amen. Don't ever be caught in this church shopping and doing things on your phone while this is being preached because that is dishonorable. Your prayers will not be answered. You can do that at home. You come here. The Word is to be honored in this house. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. I had it and got carried away, and now I'm going to find it again real quick. Watch this. How about that? Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. Look at this. Jesus is still alive here now. And he said, verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Verse 10. For everyone who asks, everyone who asks, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. <coughs> Him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, he will, give, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Verse 12. Or if he asked for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13. If you, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. Amen. If you're asking for the Holy Spirit, God ain't going to give you nothing bad. That's right. Some people say, well, I don't know. I, I see people get filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and sometimes they, they, they get to hollering, and they get to screaming, they get to shouting, and they get talking in other tongues. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, man, if that's from God, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, and that's what happens, he didn't give you nothing bad. That's right. And listen, the devil ain't going to give you nothing neither. If you're asking the Father, the Father's protection is there, and all you're getting is what you're asking for. That's right. Amen. 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 There ain't no evil spirit going to come get in you if you're asking for the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. So he said, all you got to do is ask, seek, and knock. Amen. That whole thing ain't, it wasn't just about praying. It was a, a, 
an example to show you that if you ask him for the Holy Spirit, and, you, and that, that God's going to give you the Holy Spirit, all you got to do is ask. Amen. Amen. Amen? He said, you know, each one of us, as, as the father, if my son asked me for a piece of bread, I'm not going to give him something bad. That's right. I'm not going to poison him if he asked me for a piece of bread. I'm going to give him something good. I'm his father. Our Heavenly Father, how much more if I'm going to be a blessing to my son? Our Heavenly Father, if I ask him for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give me the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Amen? So Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit there. Amen. Now, let's look at uh, uh, Luke 3.16. You don't have to turn there, but I'm, you, you can write it down if you're taking notes. But we're going to go to Luke 24.49. Tim quoted this one this morning. Luke 3.16. When John the Baptist came, he baptized people with water. Total submersion. It wasn't no sprinkle. It wasn't a drop of water. We, you, you may have to baptize somebody like that day in the hospital. You can't get them to the, to the, to the river. You can't get them access to a... Hey, some countries I've had to baptize people because they wasn't that much water in the creek. And I had a hard time getting them all the way under but I've tried my best to stick them through the dirt to get them completely drowned with water. I mean, I had one guy, I mean, I mean, the water really about this deep. I said, man, you've got to go all the way under that. Don't hold nothing up. When I, I got him under, he had one hand sticking up like that. And Brother Timothy grabbed that hand and stuck it under. I said, brother, you've got to get it all the way under. That's how we believe it. Amen. Total submersion means everything got to get wet. But if you on a sick bed, I, I, I baptized uh, Bart's daddy on the sick bed, and I did it with water sprinkling because they would, it wasn't possible to do it any other way. But and that works. God can see. He, you can't put God in a box and say you can't do it no other way. God can work through it. But if there's access to water, go get the water. Uh, oh, John baptized water, but G, John uh, testified. He said, I'm baptized with water. He said, until repentance. He said, but there's one coming after me that's mightier than me. And he said, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandal straps. He said, but when he comes, he's going to baptize you, totally submerge you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Fire. Fire and the Holy Ghost. Them two go together. Amen? Amen? Jesus is our fire baptizer. Amen. And he still has the fire. That's right. All we got to do is gather around the fire. Right. Get to the fire. Ask for the fire. Yeah. Seek for the fire. Knock for the fire. And I guarantee you, the fire will come. Amen. It don't matter if you're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Lutheran, Seven day Adventist, it don't matter if you Pentecostal, hallelujah, whatever denomination you come from, it said all flesh. That's right. Amen. If you want it, go for the fire. That's right. But you've got to go to Jesus because sometimes denominations don't accept it. Don't let no denomination keep you back from getting the fire of baptism. Talking to somebody out there in the, in the other world. 
mostly in the United States. I've seen people, pastors, that got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Thailand that we went to, not naming any particular denomination. I'm not here to destroy any denominations. I'm just here to tell you, don't let a denomination tell you what you can have and what you can't have. Right. Hello. Amen. Amen. You go by what the Word says. And I've seen them get baptized in the Holy Spirit in a certain denomination in Thailand. And after they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the gifts started moving in the church, the, the organization came to them and said, if you're going to do this, you're going to leave the church. You can't pastor here no more. you got to make up your mind. Well, if you want to preach under our denomination, you can stay here under one condition. You don't, this Holy Ghost stuff don't work in our church. We don't believe in it. And I thank God for the ones that have enough backbone that say that I'm going on with God. If I have to leave here, I'll leave here. God will provide. But I ain't going backwards. Amen. Amen. I ain't never understood how people get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire and go backwards. Go back where they don't have it. Back where it ain't preached. Back where they don't want it. I'm like, how in the world can you go backwards? After you done taste and see that the Lord is good, how in the world do you go eat at a rotten restaurant? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Jesus said, I baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Listen, Jesus ain't coming back for no chosen frozen. That's right. He's coming back for a church on fire. Amen. With a flame on top of your head. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad when I got saved I wasn't religious and raised up where they said this ain't for today this is bypass that was only for the apostles that was for the early church but that ain't for today brother I'm like I can't wrap that around my head we still got the same devil why not we need the same power to defeat him that's what it's for to be a witness a witness is a powerful witness to overcome any persecution, anything thrown your way. And the best example of that is Peter. Peter denied Jesus on the cross. Three times. The rooster started crowing. Peter felt like a failure. He went back to fishing. After the resurrection, he found out Jesus was alive. But that ain't what made Peter who he became. Peter became bold and strong and an anointed apostle after Acts chapter 2 happened to him in the upper room. It changed his whole life. It wasn't just seeing the resurrection. It was whenever he gathered in the upper room and got empowered. Then he said, I'm willing to die for Jesus. And he did die for Jesus. <coughs> Crucified upside down. According to Jewish history. So, Luke chapter 24, verse 49 now. Groundwork. We're laying groundwork. You know, every house is built on a foundation. If you ain't got a good foundation, a cracked crack foundation, you, your house is going to begin to crack. Your walls will show cracks. Y'all understand it? English the other day? Am I speaking <laughs> Swahili? <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. 
So in church, you got to have a good foundation. Pentecost, you've got to have a good foundation. You just can't. You can scream, hop, shout, and, and shout your hair down, and everything else, and devil knock you out the next day. If you don't know the, if you don't have a foundation. Amen. Amen. The word is the foundation. Y'all got to get loud over these amen. amen. Thank y'all. I'm glad y'all still alive. Luke 24, 49. Jesus said, look at verse 46 though. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the anointed one, the Christ, to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, <coughs> repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. So y'all see that? Right. How many of y'all hearing any repentance messages today? And how many of y'all heard any remission of sins messages lately? Amen. Here we have. <laughs> Here we have. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Jesus said, that's what we should be doing. And he said, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses to these things, 49. Behold, I send, I send, Jesus said, I'm sending the promise of my Father. My Father gave me a promise Amen. upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus said, I got a promise from my Father for you. I've been talking to you about it. I've been telling you the Holy Spirit's coming. <coughs> you ain't got it yet. But it's coming. I'm preparing you for it. It's coming. After, after I've died, after I've rose again, he said, the promise is coming down. The Holy Spirit's coming down. Wow. He said, go tarry in the city of Jerusalem. What he was saying with that word tarry, I looked up that word tarry. Do y'all know what that word means? We wait, we think it means just wait. And that's kind of it. Just wait. Don't do nothing. But it actually means, in the Greek, to sit down. Sit down. Don't do nothing. It ain't time for you to start no Sunday school, no Bible class, no Holy Spirit teachings, nothing. You Take a seat in Jerusalem. It means to settle. It means to dwell. So when he told them to go to Jerusalem and to tarry, he said, I want y'all to go to Jerusalem, gather together. I want you to take a seat, and I want y'all praying. Wait for this promise. I want you to do nothing before the promise comes. When you try to do something before the promise comes, you are getting the cart ahead of the horse. You're getting in the flesh. And Jesus said, you can't do nothing in the flesh. That's right. And remember, when Jesus said, I'm the fire baptizer, flesh on fire stinks. You want to do in ministry everything you do, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Amen. And by the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's the only way to do it. There ain't no other way. 
I feel sorry for people that ain't never been trained to be led by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> how to preach by the Holy Spirit. How to pray by the Holy Spirit. Oh man, I feel sorry for them because I know they are trying so hard in the flesh to get something done. And next thing you know, if you try so hard in the flesh, over and over and over, and what's going to happen, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get frustrated because it's flesh. But when you do it by the Spirit, you don't burn out. You like the burning bush. You burn, but you keep on burning. Amen. You don't go out, you don't burn out. That's what the Spirit does. That's how God is. Christians don't burn out. If you burn out, that only tells me you was in the flesh. You trying to build this church and you got burnt out, you was in the flesh. Anytime you're in the Spirit, you don't burn out. You keep burning. Amen. 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 Thank you, Larry. I knew Larry was sitting here for a purpose. Okay. Uh, now, John chapter 7. <coughs> Jesus is still alive right here, but he's telling people about the Holy Spirit. The promise is coming. The promise is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. What is the Holy Spirit? We don't know. We ain't never seen him. He's invisible. What's he all about? Jesus, I'm telling you, he's coming. He's coming. He, Holy Spirit, is has a gender. He is a he. Everybody say, Holy Spirit is a he. The Bible says that. On verse 37, John 7, 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast. Is that a feast? It is called the Feast of Tabernacles. This particular feast is. And Jesus stood and cried out. With a loud voice he said. If anyone thirst. Let him come. To me. And drink. <coughs> he who believes in me. As the scriptures has said. Therefore, see, he said, everything is founded on the Scripture. Amen. Everything is founded on the Word. She said, everything spoken about me is confirmed Amen. in the Word. Amen. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He who believes in me, all you got to do is come. All you got to do is be thirsty. If you qualify for them three things, he said, oh, out of your belly, out of it in here, going to flow a river of living water. I ain't talking about no stagnant pond. I'm talking about a living, like Niagara Falls flowing out of you. Constantly flowing, constantly flowing. Niagara Falls coming out of us. We are the children of God. We walking around with a river in us. With the Holy Ghost. Now, what's he talking about here? Verse 39. What's he talking about? But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given y'all see that? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus 
was not yet glorified. Nobody had the Holy Spirit yet in them. In them. Nobody. Noah didn't have it. Abraham didn't have it. Moses didn't have it. Elijah didn't have it. Elijah didn't have it. Jeremiah didn't have it. Malachi didn't have it. Joel didn't have it. But Joel said it's coming. Amen. And Jesus said, he's talking about this river that's coming, going to be available. It's going to flow out of you like the rivers of living water. He said, it's coming on those that believe in me. Amen. An unbeliever never possesses the Holy Spirit. An unbeliever can be spiritual but not have the Holy Spirit. There's unbelieving people out there that's, that's spiritual, such as they can read your palm. They can read a crystal ball. They can do <clears throat> seances. We got palm readers in the world. We got all kind of spiritual people, but they ain't reading your palm by the Holy Spirit. And God warns us about seeking such people, spiritual people, we shouldn't even have nothing to do with them because what they say ain't coming from the Holy Spirit, it's coming from an evil spirit. Amen. A different spirit. That's right. It ain't if it ain't from the Holy Spirit, I don't want nothing to do with it. Amen. How about y'all? But if it's coming from the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will know because the person operating through the gift will always give Jesus glory. Amen. The Holy Spirit always testifies and glorifies Jesus Christ. Always. Always. Somebody reach your palm and say, thank you, give me $25. And didn't ever say, I praise Jesus today. I want to give Jesus praise and glory and honor. Man, if they ain't saying nothing about Jesus, it's a different spirit. It's the wrong spirit. Right. I don't care how spiritual they may, they may have a halo over top of their head. Be wearing some kind of guru. Talking about all spiritual. Where God on Moses came. I'm spiritual. But if you ain't giving Jesus no glory, the Holy Spirit ain't in it. That's right. Thank y'all. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They all show no go. No what? They all show no go. No go? All show. All show no go. Oh, I got you. <laughs> so I wanted to show you that because a lot of people don't understand that the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When was Jesus glorified? Now, that's the question. So, look at uh, John chapter 20, verse 17. I'm so glad y'all here this morning. Here it is. You know, there's a lot of people looking at TV this morning. They're going to get what you get. Amen. All they're going to get is a donut and some coffee sitting in a lounge chair. Amen. Or a lazy boy. They ain't gonna get this. Right. Thank you, Miss Louise. I knew Louise gonna come through for me. <laughs> I'm so glad. I so loved you, Miss Louise. You are a student of God's word. She's always loved the word. Always loved the word. And she's got a foundation. She ain't no butterfly floating around. Somebody say something wrong up here. Her antenna will go up. <laughs> That's right. And then she'll say, Pastor, I need to talk to you about church. 
I said, okay. And that's good. Pastors need to be straightened out. If they wrong, amen? They done us beyond correction. John 20, verse 17. Look at this. This is after Jesus has risen now. He just came out of the tomb. Mary go to the empty tomb. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. He said, Don't touch me not now. I just came out of this tomb. I just revealed myself to you, Mary, because I want you to know I rose from the dead. But I ain't ascended yet. You, you can defile me right now. Don't touch me. That's right. I got to go ascend and I got to be glorified. I got to get everything approved in heaven that I just done. And after everything approved by God the Father, he going he gonna to give me what he told me he was going to give me. He going to give me the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to the earth. Hallelujah. And it's going to fill. It's going to come to everybody that believes in me as the scripture has said. Amen. So Jesus said, don't touch me. I ain't been glorified yet. So remember, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit ain't been given yet because I ain't been glorified. But after his death, <coughs> after his burial, after his resurrection, he ascended and was glorified. Everything was approved in heaven. And then Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. That's right. And the Holy Spirit ain't never left. He's still here. Now, uh, now let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse... Eight. Y'all seeing all this? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. At the beginning of this, in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus reminds them of the things he had said earlier. Look at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, this is after his resurrection now, he comes and reveals himself to his disciples and he's still teaching them. And he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. <coughs> Verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father hath put in his own authority. Verse 8. But you, that's where you need to put your name. You, all the spencers in the world, all the skidmores in the world, put your name in there. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost or Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That word power, when you receive power, that Greek word power is a, is a Greek word called dunamis. It means explosive power. It's where we get our English word dynamite from. Dynamite. When you think of dynamite, I think of cowboy days. 
when they were wanting to blow up something, they had a stick of dynamite with a fuse on it. They light that fuse, and guess what happened next? They ran. Amen. They knew something to blow up. Well, Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, hallelujah, you shall receive power <coughs> from on high. There's going to be explosive power, and this power is for one reason, to bear witness of me. In all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world, and the disciples took that power and they turned the world upside down. Amen. Amen. How do you think we're going to turn the world upside down without it? That's right. Why would we think we don't need it if they needed it? That's right. Don't make no sense to me. I mean, that's just common sense, but common sense is hard to find anymore. Amen. Larry, you say amen? Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Folks, they ain't got no common sense. The Holy Ghost is the greatest power in the earth. Yes. It ain't the atomic bomb. It ain't no nuclear bomb. The Holy Ghost is the greatest power in the world. Amen. Right now, it's here on the earth. Jesus said it'll be, a, it'll be, my Holy Spirit will be with you and in you. That means it's with us everywhere. It's out here. Hallelujah. And when we believe, it comes in here. Oh, thank God you got what Moses never had. Moses would have loved to have the Holy Ghost living in him, but he didn't get it. Abraham would have loved it. He didn't get it. But you have it. You living in the days where the Spirit was poured out. And when you believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> now, being sealed is for salvation. Amen. Amen. The mistake the church has made is to think we get it all at once. Yes. You can get it all at once, but there's two separate experiences. One is for salvation, you are sealed until the day of promise. You have a seal on you. When you get to heaven, there's a seal that separates you from an unbeliever. You have the seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life. That's going to get you in the gate. That's going to get you in the kingdom. But when you're going to be a powerful witness, you're going to need a little bit more. It's like when you go to work and they put a tool belt on you. You're going to need these tools to get this job done. You're going to need a hammer. You're going to need a screw gun. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. This is the tool to get this job done. Jesus said, this power that's fishing to come from on high is going to give you the tools, equip you to send this gospel throughout the world, no matter what somebody comes out against you with, no matter what they try to do to stop you, the power within you, the greater one in you, is going to compel you to keep going when they say stop. When they say you're going to die, you still keep going. It's power from on high to be a witness to me. Amen. You know, you the Holy Ghost will even give you power to die for him. To be martyred for him. When people were martyred in the old days, don't think the Holy Ghost left them. No. He would, that grace was stronger upon them when they were getting burned, when they were getting eaten by lion, when they were getting beaten by rods. Listen, the Holy Ghost was upon them more than ever before. Right. I've heard people say they were, they were they, that book of martyrs on the back table back there, by them so far, that's the, the Fox Book of Martyrs. I've read most of that book. And they people burned at the post 
when they were burning, they were praising God. They weren't screaming. They weren't hollering. They were glorifying Jesus and magnifying them like they didn't even feel the pain. Flesh was falling off of, their, off of their bodies. And they were still glorifying God. Woo! I'm telling you, grace is available whenever you're going through a hardship. Brother Pekim uh, was persecuted after I left one time over in Burma. They, they come and got him and put him in jail. And they'd get him out and they would beat him. They'd get him out and beat him, put him back up, get him out and beat him. He said every time they beat me, uh, Pastor Stacy, he said I would laugh. He said I just got so full of joy. He said I couldn't understand it. He said they were beating the fire out of me and I just kept laughing. He said it was a witness to them guards that something was different. But I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost gave him joy in the midst of hell going on. That's Amen. a testimony I know happened. Amen. So don't worry. When it comes time to die, just die. <laughs> hey, to die with Christ or live with Christ, you still belong to Christ. Ain't nothing to fear. People ask me all the time, aren't you afraid to go over there? Ain't you afraid? All the stuff going on in the world, man. I don't let fear even enter in my mind. You can't go nowhere if you got fear. That's right. That's Where right. you gonna go? You can't even go across the block. You can't even go to Ingles. Amen. That's right. Man. If I had to lose my life for Jesus one day, I went my I went God's way. Jesus give y'all another pastor. <laughs> Daughter, make sure y'all come hear him. <laughs> now, Acts chapter 2. <coughs> and I gotta wrap this up. There's no way to get all this out. But I thought it was important to lay the foundation. Holy Spirit was not yet given. Now it's building up. Now it's time. Remember, Jesus is always on time. Amen. 50 days. Pentecost means 50. 50 days after the resurrection. He didn't come one day before, and he didn't come one day after. It, was to, it will fall on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit will. It was called... Uh, uh, let's read it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost, had fully come. They were with all, they were with one accord in one place. All with one accord <coughs> in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You remember what that word Terry means? Sin. To sit. Sin. The Bible said where they were all sitting. He knew what they, they knew what he meant when he said, Terry, go sit. Wait. Get ready. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues <coughs> as a fire. Mm -hmm. And one sat upon each of them. 
And they were all. Everybody say all. All. He didn't skip nobody. He didn't leave nobody out. Everybody there was wanting the promise. That's right. They were one mind and one accord. There wasn't no division in the house. Everybody was on the same page with Jesus. That is a miracle itself. Amen. 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 To get ten people together and get them in agreement is a miracle. That's right. Much less 120 or more. I got to thinking about this. That's true. How many followers did Jesus have in his life? Amen. On the mountain he had 5,000 men that he fed, not including women and children. That's right. He had multiple thousands and thousands of people followed him. But on the day of Pentecost, when he said, go receive the promise of the Father, what but 120 or so? That group really shrunk after his death and resurrection. It shrunk. You know what this, I was thinking about something. This 120 or so was his core group. His core. Them that was committed. That's right. They, we we, we y'all away. We just ain't shaking our head and, and saying amen and ain't coming next Sunday. Right. We with you. That's right. You said go, we going. Amen. 120 was sold out. And when it came, it got every one of them in there. It lit them up. They got lit up. Fire on top of head. Can y'all see a fire on the Amen. Amen. <laughs> I guarantee you, if I put a, a, a little bit of diesel fuel on top of your head and lit it up, <laughs> or some uh, uh, charcoal fluid, light it up, and that head got, you. y'all keep moving in here. <laughs> I got fire on my head. <laughs> Listen, they were moving in there that day. That's right. Fire, God was on top of their head. Yeah, and and they were all filled <coughs> with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Who began to speak? They began to speak. The Holy Spirit gave them up. Began to speak with other tongues. That the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow. Something supernatural happened. The church was born that day. In Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, when the Spirit came, now we have the body of Christ. The body of Christ is now here. The church is here. The body that Jesus is going to work through is here. The head is here. Jesus is the head. You are the body. And he's filled the body full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. And they began to speak in heavenly languages, other tongues. Hallelujah. That the Spirit gave them utterance. And all the people that had come to that feast that day, on the day of Pentecost, had come from all over Palestine to celebrate the first of the wheat harvest. They have come. It's something that you didn't miss. It was something you committed to. It was godly. It was holy. It was a feast that God commemorated back in the Old Testament. They still celebrated. They came from all over. Therefore, when they heard the commotion in the upper room, of that commotion, that, that when, them, when that mighty Russian wind came in and that fire set upon Peter, James, John, Mother Mary, and all the 120 in there, they began to have a great commotion. Everybody in the streets 
began to hear what's going on in the upper room. They said, what is happening up there? Anybody ever been on the outside, won't know what's going on in there before? Anybody? I've been in places. I'm like, oh, I'd like to go in there and see what's going on in there. Something is happening in there. I hear something going on in there. And these people heard them out in the street. They were so loud. There was something happening. And the Spirit had to be drawing them. So they go up into the upper room. People from all other countries, nations, and languages. And they hear them speaking in their languages. That they know they don't know. It's impossible for you to know how to speak in my language. You're not from my country. I've traveled here for this feat. How can you be glorifying God in my language when you don't know my language? They had no explanation for it. I don't know how I'm speaking French. I don't know how I'm speaking Spanish. I don't know how I'm speaking Russian. But I'm just speaking what the Holy Ghost gives me. I don't even understand it myself. Amen. I didn't even know I was speaking your language. I don't know how it works. All I know, they said, we hear you speaking in our languages, different languages. And they said, y'all got to be drunk. This whole group is drunk. They had to be flopping around. They had to be acting a little off. Anybody that sees a drunk said, hey, he's drunk. He really drunk. He ain't just took a drop. He ain't just drank a beer. He drank a case of beer. Uh -huh. He ain't just took a, a, a shot. He done drunk the whole field. Uh -huh. He's drunk. You can tell why he was. And he's talking. He'll get his shirt off his back. He's laughing. He's giggling. In the upper room, they said, y'all got to be drunk. Peter said, he stood up. After that, anointing came on him. Holy Spirit. And he began to preach one of the best sermons he's ever preached. He stood up and said, these people ain't drunk, as you suppose. But this is what the prophet Joel prophesied about. And then he spoke what Joel said. He went back to the scriptures that I took, started with. He went back to, and he said, this is that. Amen. This is that. Yep. And they said, wow. And they said, what must we do to be saved? What can we do to get in on this? We want some of this ourselves. And 3,000 people were saved on the day of Pentecost because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The church grew mightily. And then after the miracle, in Acts chapter 3, they empowered. They doing what Jesus was doing. 5,000 were born again out of that move of God. 3,000, 5,000 in about a week pretty good. That ain't a bad way to grow a church. I tell you, people would just want the Holy Spirit and just open up to the Holy Spirit today in their churches. I'm open to it. If the Lord wants to hit you with fire, I say, hit them, Lord. Don't skip nobody. Hit them all. But you know, he only goes to those that are thirsty. 